Hey, Mickey, what are you listening to? I'm listening to Brit's Guide to Disney Vacation Club. Those guys are great. They sure are. Hello and welcome to this episode of Brit's Guide to Disney. Well, maybe it shouldn't be Disney Vacation Club. This th- episode, maybe it should be Brit's talk about Disneyland Paris and Avengers Campus. As David's returned from a visit there and we thought we ought to really discuss it, but we weren't sure where to put this episode out. As I had the idea of recording it and I knew that my good friend from geeking on Walt Disney World, Kurt Stone, was tentatively planning a trip to Disneyland Paris, Paris the city, and London in the future, I thought I'd invite him on, and it's a very interesting conversation between three Disney geeks. So, without further ado, let's get into the conversation all about Disneyland Paris and Avengers Campus. I'm not sure which podcast this interview is going to go out on, so welcome to the Geeking on DVC, Brick Guide to Whatever, and Florida podcast. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me, Kevin. I am i don't know. We've, we haven't done this in a long time, but I usually get up really early. I just have been not caught up in my sleep over the last week. It's been quite a quite an adventure, but thank you so much for having me on my podcast or your podcast. <laughs> Or some podcast, yeah. And David, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought today uh, we'd talk about Disneyland Paris. Uh, I spent a little bit of time over there a few weeks ago, was fortunate enough through a massive amount of planning, so it wasn't that lucky, to be there for the opening of Avengers Campus. So I want to share with you a little bit about Avengers Campus and the differences between Disneyland Paris and the other Disney parks. Yeah, that's great, because uh, Mr. Stone is... uh in the early stages of maybe planning a Paris trip for the the geeks, I understand. That's correct, isn't it, Kurt? It's one of my bucket list big things I would love to do. I want to do like the Beatles magical mystery tour with a bus. I want to ride all around the UK and then go into Europe and Kevin's going to drive the bus. That's the dream to bring a bunch of geeks over to Disneyland Paris for sure. And my wife, you know, she's She's loved to go. I want to take her to Disneyland, California, one of these days, and Disneyland Paris, do Europe, because we've never been to Europe at all. Yeah. I'd love to do the, that. The city of Paris is stunning. It's just, yeah. it's just one of the best cities in the world. And that's that, it's amazing. A Disneyland Paris is ten minutes away by fast train. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I never knew that it was that close. It's that close. And that's one of that's one of the reasons why we can hop over. It's 40 minutes on a plane. Literally, the plane is up and down. The cabin crew don't even bother to get the trolley out because there's literally no time. Get to Charles de Gaulle, and if you time it right, it's 10 minutes on the fast train from Charles de Gaulle Airport, Paris, to the gates mm. of Disneyland Paris. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And the actual station is literally in, in Disneyland, isn't it? It's five minutes walk to both parks and... Uh, the Disney Village, which is downtown Disney. Yeah. yeah. When did you go? So we went in June, the end of June, the hottest it's ever been in Europe forever. 39 degrees, which translating for our American colleagues is probably in the hundreds, maybe. Mm. Um, crazy, crazy hot. Uh, something that we've never seen before, but that actually gave the whole place a little bit of a Florida feel. 
which was really cool. Apart from the morning that the Avengers campus opened, so we'd looked at the weather forecast before we went, it said 39 degrees, 35 degrees, 28 degrees in the evening, so clearly it was shorts, vests, tank tops to the Americans, and t-shirts, and that was it. Wednesday morning, we get up, torrential rain started as soon as we got to the gate now a guide had said to us the park opened at 9 30 we would had annual passes so we could get there for 8 30 he said be there an hour early so 7 30 luckily it was hot rain again it was very florida style rain and literally was just soaked through when the parks opened but that, that's a lesson to everybody doesn't matter where you are in the world, have one of those little plastic Packamax in your pocket because it could have made the whole day really grumpy. My partner was incredibly grumpy until they started to let us in. But yeah, in early June. Well, then that begs the question, what is the best time to go to Disneyland Paris? What part of the year? Apparently June wouldn't be the best time to go. Well, it, it, we've had weird weather this year, haven't we? I think yeah. it's as as time goes on, the weather gets stranger and stranger. I'm looking out on a what used to be a lovely green public garden and it's now straw colored even though we've had a bit of rain because of the drought that we've had here if you're going to go to disneyland paris you have to remember that paris has very similar weather to the uk i.e it's hugely changeable if you get two or three weeks of sunshine in the summer months so july and august you're going to be really fortunate so just check your weather forecasts out. It will be cold between November and February. And there you'll be looking at the 50s in US temperatures and maybe even less. It will rain. I've actually been there in a December one year where there was a tropical parade where the dancers are in bright colors and sort of Las Vegas style outfits in the driving snow. Um, and they, they could hardly see because the snow was blowing at them. So you just have to check out the weather. It's generally not very busy because it's a, a much smaller park. So you certainly don't get the problems that you see at Walt Disney World with huge amounts of people. But it depends what you want to go for. If you want decent weather around UK and northern France, you're looking at July and August for decent weather. All right. Perfect. Yeah, I'd say like. We went in February and it was bitterly cold. It's not in a great position, Disneyland Paris. It's it's really open to the weather and the elements, so it's uh, it it can be really cold in the winter, you know. But it's one of the things I've I've never understood when when Disney chose to put a park in Europe. I, I, I know why they put I know why they put it. They wanted to get the Parisian tourists. They wanted to get the UK and they wanted to get the Nordics, so the Scandinavians. But if they'd have just put it, you know, two hours south in northern Spain, it would have had a completely different set of weather. It would have been much more sunnier and potentially, and I'm gonna be contentious here, the staff might have been a little bit more friendly because the um the French aren't known for their um this is really generalistic, but I've seen actually a real change as Disney US have taken it over. It's really changing. But as I put on one of my videos recently, you're not going to get the bouncy American approach to things. It's just not culturally what they do there. No, it, it, it is a different experience. How's the, um, dare I say it, the smoking issue? Is that resolved now? It's actually fairly resolved. Again, first time I went, it was smoke everywhere. They're really hot on it now. I've seen yeah. people being told to turn their, you know, stop vaping, turn their cigarettes off. And in the main, most people will smoke in the smoking areas, but you have to really walk around them because they're generally big and generally full. It's still a very European thing to do. But in the main, 
queuing is better and staying in the smoking areas is better definitely okay so avengers campus then yeah so avengers campus is in the walt disney studios so one of the things that people need to understand is disneyland paris is tiny when you compare it to walt disney world it's actually of a similar scale to disneyland in california in that you've got the two parks right next to each other the train station is literally five minutes away from the entrance so you can come out of the train and walk to either walt disney studios or the the disneyland park which is what they call the magic kingdom and there's a third bit called the disney village which is where there's shops and restaurants and then the hotels and you can walk from your hotel to the theme park you know the distance from the hotel to the theme park gets longer the cheaper your hotel. And of course, these are Disney hotels, so there's no such thing as a cheap hotel. But the most expensive hotel, which is the Disneyland Hotel, is right over the gates of the park. And I've actually had a meal in their California Grill equivalent restaurant. And you are looking down Main Street at the fireworks and at the show whilst eating your dinner. So Disneyland Paris is is a great park for people to start Disney and start visiting Disney World. In Disneyland Studios, which is where the Avengers campus is, it, it tended to be a bit of a half-day park. It was a little bit like uh, the MGM Studios or Walt Disney Studios or whatever they're calling the Florida Studios, yeah. Hollywood Studios this week. In the, it used to be a half-day it's effectively got it's got a few rides it's got a toy story area it's got a ratatouille area really cool themed french area which you'd expect because it's in france uh, and the ride in epcot is a carbon copy of the ride in disneyland paris avengers campus is the first stage of a whole load of add-ons that are coming and there's a massive area being built on the back of the park with what's probably going to be an arendelle from Frozen is probably going to be a Star Wars area, and they're really putting billions of dollars into the park. Wow, I didn't so, know that. That's yeah, fantastic. it's 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 a massive, massive investment. Say so mm. the Americans bought the park back maybe three or four years ago, uh, and up until that point, boy, was it looking tired. The paint was chipping off of things; things weren't working. It just hadn't been loved, and obviously, somebody in corporate said, "We've got to get this," and there is millions, and the building is going on. And Avengers Campus is the first stage of that rebirth and redevelopment. So, when you go in, there's a, a it, you'll, there may be a queuing area. It was it was very popular, but queues were sort of an hour to actually go into the area. The area itself has got one shop two restaurants and two rides so the rides that you can go on first one is called flight force now this is reskinned rock and roller coaster so effectively they've taken the old rock and roller coaster and put a marvel avengers overlay it is superb it's quick and you have to keep your eyes open which is really difficult when you're traveling 60 miles an hour upside down and doing loops but it's definitely worth it and the queue area is staggering as well for any marvel fans you have to go and ride this really really impressed Hey, David, the, you just described the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. In well, yeah, I didn't mention about people being ill when they came on, though, because I've, I've, I've read about Guardians of the Galaxy. Haven't done that yet. We'll do that in October. But, yeah, it's it's a similar kind of thing. Definitely With our description, exactly, of the Guardians of the Galaxy cosmically. Yeah, mind. yeah, exactly. But no, that's good. And that's a and, fantastic. I always love rock and roller coasters. So. Yeah, and and it's it's completely reimagined. It's completely 
revitalized because I think that the previous one was feeling a little bit dated with the intro um, and it's all themed about Captain Marvel and all the theme. the walkthrough is brilliant um cues on that fairly short 20 to 30 minutes if you're staying at a disney hotel you get early entry 30 minutes before the park whenever i talk to anybody about any park i always say get there early get there early and get straight to the ride you want to do and flight force now is one of those the main area is very cool very similar to california there's a big quinjet um, up on a platform and they have entertainment going on throughout the day uh, at one point we'd have spider-man come out then dr strange would come out then iron man would come out the black panther warriors and black panther the something delage man i couldn't see what they were called I'll, I'll check out what they're called but really cool and they did interactive fighting and the kids were involved as well there's some up on the roof there's some up down the side of you the cars go through no times for any of those and when I spoke to a cast member they said we don't do that because we don't want the place to fill up with lots of people coming in from everywhere else so they just happen every 15 minutes really cool Second big ride in there is what's called Spider-Man Web Adventure. Now, if you've been to Toy Story Land and you've been into Toy Story Mania, you will recognize this ride. It's a reskin of Toy Story Mania. The difference being you don't have guns, you fire at things with your fingers. So you've got a different kind of cabin. There's four to six, four to six people in the cabin which is a similar two front two facing forward two facing backwards and you go through lots of rides and you're killing little spiders robot spiders until the end you get to a big spider again really good walk through really cool ride clever disney merchandise have gone hmm I wonder if we can upsell here. So in the shop, you can upsell bits that you can put on your hands and your wrists that mean you can kill more spiders and more of the aliens coming at you for a mere $50 a time. So, you know, it's a, a, a great upsell. Right. Kevin's looking really confused about that. Yeah, well, you said dollars. That's what confused me. Well, fifty dollars, forty euro dollars, euros, pounds are very nearly the yeah, same, same, aren't they? So, so the days of that are gone. Food-wise, you've got a couple of options. There's a start kitchen, which is a quick serve, really good food, really, really, really good food, really healthy food. Because again, in the past, the Disneyland Paris food didn't reflect the French tradition of good food, but now it does. And then there's also a Pim kitchen which is a buffet restaurant. You have to make a reservation. Reservations go really, really quickly. It's 60 days in advance. And if you're not on there on 60 days before you go on the Disneyland Paris app, you will not get in. You can do, try a walk-in, but that's the same kind of thing. Up on the ceiling, there's a, a little pretzel that goes through a machine and comes out as a massive pretzel. You've got tiny burgers, you get big burgers. So they play with all the food. That's about... 35 pounds euros dollars per head for an all-you-can-eat buffet so that's really cool as well and then the shop shop is full of marvel stuff if you're a marvel fan it's really definitely worth going in on the opening days we had a bit of a problem in that you could only go in the shop once you'd been on one of the rides because the web slingers ride comes out into the shop which meant you couldn't go in because I don't queue an hour for a ride let alone an hour for a shop but after a few days they they let that go but as a themed area, if you're a Marvel fan, it is astounding. The music is great. It's just brilliant. So, David, you're a fantastic describer, by the way. I've done a lot of these interviews in my podcasting career. You're doing an awesome job. You know, when you go into Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, you, you're 
everyone says you're just engulfed in this atmosphere. So what is a Marvel's campus atmosphere? Can you describe? In true Disney style, you're wrapped around with theming. You'll have the superheroes coming through in cars and walking through. So that increases the vibe then the on the edge of avengers flight force they've got an equivalent of a jarvis ai thing that's talking the whole time with massive like 40 foot high lights that keep saying welcome to avengers campus captain marvel you're needed here spider-man you're needed here when the superheroes come out up by the quinjet the atmosphere just goes crazy and when they're fighting on the roof it's just brilliant they haven't got the springy robot spider-man yet that they've got in california but i think that's coming just got a real new york american kind of vibe about it and you just know you're in some somewhere amazing okay, so it's like a city atmosphere yeah gotcha. yeah it's a city with the quinjet up on high there's one other area that i forgot about there's an area where you can have selfies taken with the superheroes so it's a little bit like princess story hall in the magic kingdom you can either book a slot online or go in queue but there are lots and lots of themed photo areas and you can have your picture taken with captain marvel and spider-man and iron man and, and various people like that and the land is a superb addition to the park and really lifts it because it was a little bit boring beforehand i think does it make it a full day park now almost yeah i I think it does i think it does with with ratatouille with the the ride that you've got from finding nemo the roller coaster you've got tower of terror still in the middle of it uh and yeah i i'm i'm very comfortable saying it's a full Mm. day park now is it a twilight zone tower terror like Twilight Zone Tower Terror not been reskinned to to yeah. the uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy one. Yeah. Whether they will or not, it's literally right next to Avengers Campus. So who knows what they'll do? My guess is they're spending all their time and effort on the the Arendelle development. Um, so I think they'll hold off now for a while. Yeah. And how do you? I was going to say, what's the Fast Pass system or Genie Plus system? Do they have that? What's the same kind of? So they do. They've got, they've got two system. kinds of systems, and I'll, I'll I'll find the names of them. But you you can do a paper ride, and you can pay ninety five euros, I think, a day for the everything max kind of passing. Not really needed, I don't think, at the moment. And certainly, if you go in in the evenings, the parks are a whole lot quieter. So luckily, they've not done anything as crazy and ridiculous as complex as disney genie as you can tell i am not a fan it is a monstrosity of a system and disneyland paris have luckily shied away from that unnecessary well you don't have the line weights then that you would obviously it's it's really not as busy as to say yeah the, the the longest queues on opening day for either of those two rides were about 45 to 60 minutes uh, and those are for brand new rides, and and that that's reasonable as far as I'm concerned. David, would you say that the majority of people did visiting Disneyland Paris are probably day visitors rather than staying on site? Um, no, actually, I so because of the way it's it's constructed, you'd go through security to go into your Disney hotel, and then you don't have to go through security anymore, like scanners or everywhere else. So it's a little bit like when you're at Disney Hotel on the monorail loop at the Magic Kingdom, you go through the scanners first, and then you can walk straight into the park. We saw lots of people 
walking from within the Disney compound, from the Disney hotels to the parks. Um, my experience, and certainly when I'm selling travel to people, it tends to be two or three days maximum. Uh, I, I like to, because of the traveling time from the UK, realistically, the earliest you can pretty much get there is, even if you get early flights and trains, is 11, 12 yeah. o'clock noon. So most people would then have two days on top of that so they'll do two nights two and a half days uh, and certainly there was a, a reasonable queue of people from outside at the bus stops going into the park areas as well well if yeah. i was bringing a bunch of geeks over to disneyland paris how many nights we we need to see the whole thing and then include including where would we go in paris how much time would we mm. need so if you were doing Paris as well, that makes it more complicated I, I, because it depends what you're going to do. I think you could do Disneyland Paris in three days, two nights. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's it, it's a day per part. There's no nighttime shows or parades in the studios. There was the night that we were there. Josh Jamaro, who's the chairman of Disney Parks, was actually there on the second day. And I just went up to have a chat with him because, hey, I'll go and chat to anybody. And, and lovely guy. And he just said, oh, did you see the drone show that we had yesterday for the opening? I'm like, no, we didn't know about it. So there's you only need to see the fireworks in Disneyland Park on the first night, but you mustn't miss them because the drone show is amazing. Yeah, I remember they, they had one of those at uh, Disney Springs. Yeah. Disney Springs did a Christmas one, didn't they? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Never brought it, it back. I think they did it one year, didn't it? Only, I think. Yeah, only the one year. They had some issues with, with the drones, but it was early early days, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the, People the, raved the, about it. It's it's a, the Disneyland Paris one. These things literally appear out of nowhere, and it's just fantastic what they do. I think the... I. I probably go as far as say so their evening show is called illuminations and i think it's better than enchanted or enchantment or whatever it's called but one one final bit to add on about marvel is disneyland paris have also got a marvel hotel so there's a hotel called hotel new york the art of marvel it is the second most expensive hotel within disneyland paris it is probably one of the best hotels I've ever stayed in. If you're a Marvel fan, the theming is astounding. Outside, there are 20-foot-tall characters of Iron Man and Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Inside the lobby is lots of lots of different generations of Iron Men. You can have a drink in the bar where the backdrop has got the Stark Tower and all the planes, the Quinjets flying around. The, the theming is is stunning. My, my partner's a Marvel fan and cried when we went inside the hotel just because it was so immersive. So I definitely recommend, even if you're not staying there, go and have a look around it's again it's five minutes walk from the entrance to the parks go and have a look around the hotel new york the art of marvel yeah that's well, Dan, i think you got my friend tom ellison and my son benjamin and johnny J all salivating now Excellent. at this trip to the marvel and disneyland yeah. paris fantastic thank you yeah, it's definitely a great hotel at New York. We stayed there before it had been uh, rethemed, and it was a stunning hotel then. So what it's like now, I can only imagine. It's, it's crazy brilliant. I went into the hotel room, uh, and the first thing I was like, well, where's the telly? Where's the television? I can't see a telly. There's a remote control, and the back wall of the hotel is a mirror, and you press the button, and your TV appears behind the mirror. Oh, yeah, wow. it's, it's just really, That's really, really cool and funky. Modern. 
and, and there's there's a whole load of things at Disneyland Paris that that make it different to the American parks, and part of it is the hotels and the, the close proximity to everything. Everything is literally a five to ten minute walk away. Now, if you wanted to spend some time in Paris, would you get a different hotel resort? outside of Disneyland Paris I'd, I'd be I'd be tempted to stay in central Paris Paris is a, a reasonably sized city you'll probably be paying less than you were paying at Disneyland Paris okay. or you'll be paying the same but getting a nicer hotel it's great to be somewhere right on the metro right in the center of Paris uh, and then going around and, and doing all the things seeing the Eiffel Tower and yep. the Louvre and all the other that kind of sense. places that you can see but yeah I'd, I'd be tempted to to do Disneyland Paris and then hop into Paris and do proper Paris so Disneyland Paris is like on outskirts would you say it's in Paris but well yeah Disneyland Paris is on the high-speed train link to, to Paris. Yeah. So basically, yeah. you could get on that train straight into Paris, nice. go to your hotel in Paris. Then you've got the metro, where the metro is your underground or subway system, which sure. is superior to New York, I think, from what I've seen <laughs> anyway. And it's certainly well, up, up, certainly trash. better than the, the system we've got in the UK. Yeah. And you can get round Paris on that, can't you? And Paris is a walkable city as well. It's like yeah, it London. Is. It's a walkable city. Yeah. Nice. Wow, this has been fantastic. I'm so glad I got up out of bed at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday <laughs> to chat about Disneyland Paris with you guys. Thank you, Kevin. It's a coffee walk without the walk. Kurt. Stop complaining. <laughs> you read my mind. You read my mind. The, the, the other thing I thought I might just quickly add before we sort of wind down is I've mentioned about the differences to Disneyland Paris and to the American parks. And there's some really interesting ones that the designers did when they created Disneyland Paris. Florida and California, we know, are in bright sunshine. It's generally always sunny. Paris, it generally isn't. So one of the things you'll notice is, and this is a bit geeky, the colours. Everything is painted in a brighter colour in Disneyland Paris than it is in the other parks, because generally the skies are grey, and that's not that's not anything ironic. They generally are grey, so you're going to see brighter colours. That's the first one. The castle is amazing, and the castle actually has stuff underneath it. If you go under the castle, there's an animatronic dragon, a six-foot animatronic dragon, which is really, really cool and going all the time. And the final bit, which I always sort of share with people, actually in Disneyland Paris, there's sort of three main streets. Because of the poor weather in Paris and Europe as a whole, if you could only walk up and down Main Street, you're probably going to get wet. So what they've done either side of the shops on the outside of the shops have put some tunnels so you can actually walk from the entrance of the park to the castle and then to some of the other parks some of the other lands without getting wet at all so they've considered the poor weather that we have in Europe and put tunnels so that you can avoid the rain so there's some interesting things that they've done to just take account of the differences between the UK uh, and Europe and America. And they're a great escape when the uh, park closes and you want to get out. You, you'll find those tunnels are so much less busy than the actual Main Street. So unless you're desperate to walk down Main Street on the way out, they're definitely worth using. Fantastic. Right, so that sort of winds up our Disneyland Paris chat. So what else have you been doing, David, when it comes to Disney trips and 
because you haven't been really home this this summer at all, have you? <laughs> I, well, I, well, I have. I have. I had okay. I had four weeks in Florida in March, and I've had a weekend in Disneyland Paris a while ago. Um, so so the trip in March was was great. Usual kind of thing, staying in various places, visiting the park. Just we were there before they'd opened Guardians, which was a bit of a shame, before they'd opened Creations Cafe. So when we go again in October, we'll definitely get to go on Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm really looking forward to. Who knows, Tron might be open by then as well. There was will Tron ever be open? That's what there. I want to know. Well, I, I, I think it probably will. They were suggesting it may well be around Memorial Day or Thanksgiving, which I know is November. So we may just miss it, but we're already scheduled to go in May next year. So we'll always catch up on it then. I think one of the things that going to France helped me so one of the things that going to France helped me appreciate was the American staff. And and yeah, I I made a couple of throwaways about the the French staff. There there is some improvements there, but the French approach to things it tends to be not, whereas the American approach tends to be how can I help you? They have the same level of bureaucracy that we're now seeing in Disney with the park passes, even to the extent that we got an annual pass and we went to queue to go into the park and we had to show them the paper receipt that we got given the previous day with our annual pass in order to use our annual pass and it's just bureaucracy overload there so definitely appreciate the american stuff i appreciate how close everything is in disneyland paris because you don't have to drive anywhere and i'm the, i think i'm like you kev i'm the driver everywhere yeah. so i appreciate having a day off from driving america still my fave still still love going out can't wait to go out to orlando again try some different hotels we're back in pop century this time because we don't have enough points for three weeks on dvc so we're going to stay in pop but pop's on the skyliner and i love the food court at pop and art of animation i love the vibe of it so it's going to be great and then we hop over to saratoga as well yeah so you're, you're preaching to the choir there when you say uh pop century to kurt also did you hear that you can get an annual pass in paris kurt <laughs> yeah. don't you rub can. it in i tell you <laughs> and it's 300 320 pounds so that's, that's 400 expensive 400 400 euros but and again Disney bureaucracy rules again. I can only book three days park passes at a time. So we're going in, we're going the nights of September for a full weekend. And then we're going for Halloween. And we've got a Halloween tickets booked. We cannot book our September park passes and our Halloween park passes. So we have to hope that when we come back on the 12th of September, there are park pass days available for Halloween or we are stuffed um or we have to go and join a ridiculous clue at queue and speak nicely to one of the ladies in the annual pass offices do you say thanksgiving i thought that was an american thing halloween oh halloween halloween's yeah, okay. an american yeah. thing as well they we are, they got, so so <laughs> yeah no so we're we're over in florida for three weeks in october we're going to do mickey's not so scary we fly back in the uk on the tuesday and then the friday we're off to disneyland paris because on the saturday we're doing the disneyland paris halloween party which we've never done before so very excited to see how different that is i presume we'll be given snails and garlic in our bags rather than chocolate and frog's legs and frog's legs how xenophobic other 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 french food is available no seriously it's going to be great we're going to really love it i know the, see i love baguettes yes, that's, so my, I. that's my thing it's my kryptonite it's my kryptonite so yeah really looking forward to that and i was, I was just saying that 
we missed we were there in March so we missed Guardians of the Galaxy opening so looking forward to that and maybe Tron when we're next in October although uh, that's where I mentioned Thanksgiving I think Tron may be open for Thanksgiving there was a suggestion it may be open for them because the tunnel's built, the train line's being routed through it now. So it's it's literally, we're hoping they might be doing soft opening and pass holder previews or DVC previews or D23 previews because we've got the lot in October when we're there. So you still got a, a Walt Disney World annual pass, David, have you? Yes. Yeah. So we, we managed to get one a couple of years ago <laughs> then sorry then it got cancelled and then we got a new one because they allowed us to do it again because ours had been cancelled our challenge will come so we try to squeeze three visits in in a 12-month period so we went last november we went this march and we're going to go this october and then the annual pass expires we're booked to go again may next year do we renew and lose those seven, seven months or we just wait and hope and i think I to be you. honest we're gonna but, we're, but they're really gonna get one out of it i suppose we might get two the, the problem is the the uk tickets now are a, a, a 14 a four yeah so a 14 day uk pass is 500 a us annual pass of the one i can get is a thousand there's no difference in price and we get the 20 percent discounts with dvc so there's no massive benefit so we may just wait yeah yeah i mean it's um it's a difficult one isn't it to justify the uh the the annual pass but i think i think the man down there regrets regrets not renewing his don't you kurt who would who would have ever thought they would discontinue the annual pass and i had an opportunity to get a refund because of covid which was justified at the time yeah yeah i mean i used the refund to pay for my some of my tickets but i didn't expect they would not bring it back there's still this view isn't there and i think um the, the favorite disney boss chapek had said if if you sort of interpret or it was interpreted that what he said is we still have certain people that are less desirable in our parks and i've seen a lot of the feeds suggesting that he was suggesting pass holders were less desirable in the parks than people without because they don't spend enough money um and there was a suggestion that was aimed more at california than florida uh, but we spend a fortune I spend a fortune in Disney every year. And my the reason I do that quite often is because of the annual pass. So the annual pass generates more money for them because I've got it. And it's a little bit of a, it's a foolish way of looking at things that the people that you bash, the people that are your most loyal customers. But then he also said in a similar interview, you know, when, when somebody said, how high will the prices go? He said, whatever we do, it being, it, again, intonation, we keep putting our prices up. Our parks are still full. We're going to keep doing it. There will come a breaking point. And I've already seen from my travel business people coming to me and saying, we can't afford Disney this year. There's a way around it. You have 10 days instead of 14 days. So you can still do it. Everywhere's going up. People are still treating themselves. So they're still going to go. Yeah, My friend Damien, who I work with, um, he's going back to Florida in October, but he's not He's not going to Disney. He's staying off site. Yeah. Uh, Universal Studios is then off site and he's going to do a not so scary Halloween one night in Magic Kingdom and he's going to go in at four o'clock when he can get in 
Yep. And he's going to do all the rides there and he's going to do the Halloween and that's the only Disney he's going to have other than going to Disney Springs because yep. he can't justify another £500 for the ticket. Yep. Well, he's already been once this year like yourself and he would normally have had an annual pass. Yeah. So David's it, it, it's, in the same boat. It's, it's, a weird, it's a weird way of, of looking at business, but I think that's one of the challenges. Again, I go back to, to Genie. For goodness sake, please put us back to fast passes. Just give us three fast passes and let me book them 60 days in advance. Just go back to something similar. Yeah, I think they reinvented the wheel there. That was a problem. But uh, yeah, Disney, at the end of the day, if the, mar- if the market will take it, the prices will rise. The market's still taking it because what you've got is this year, we've got three years worth of Disney people going to the parks, certainly from the UK, because they couldn't go last year and they couldn't go the year before. I'm already getting bookings for 23 and 24 so people are still booking and are still buying holidays. Be just interested to see next year whether it goes down. But look at what happened to the Disney shares. They fell down to $95 and then all of a sudden up 20% when the numbers came out. Uh, so it it's it's still a marketable business. And let's face it, it's a money-making business. I don't go there because they're making money. I go there because it's my happy place and I have a blast there. And ultimately, in a way, the money doesn't matter. My happiness is more important and I love it there. I love it there. That's why we do these podcasts, because we love it. We bash it, we complain about it, yet we're still there blipping yeah. our Magic Band Plus to get in. Certain certain person once said on a podcast, I won't name him because Kurt will get upset, that don't complain about the prices when you're still going to go. If the ticket prices Absolutely. are going up and you're complaining, but you're still paying it, you can't really justify complaining about it. Completely true. I still think, I mean, these people that go to festivals, you go to the theatre, you go to concerts and stuff like that. If you actually look at it per hour, it's still a bargain, Disney. Yeah, well, I think I think we pay out. So if our our fourteen day ticket is five hundred pounds, which is what two fifty, it's about forty pounds a day, thirty pounds a day. You cannot get into any theme park anywhere in the UK for thirty or forty pounds a day. You just can't. The issue is the upsells. The issue is the Genie Plus, the Lightning Lanes, and all of those other things. But again, they said yeah, more than fifty percent are buying Genie Plus. My message to those people is stop doing it. <laughs> frankly because you're making it bad for the rest of us because they're going to keep doing it because they're making their money but we go there for two weeks if you only go to disney for three days you will pay that extra money to get on the rides that you want to do i get it i'll tell you something you know i had this week my brother-in-law won tickets to yankee stadium and to go into new york to take my son if you were to take a family of four to yankee stadium <laughs> from connecticut it's because you got to, you know i take the train in and then the cost of the ticket, you to get a decent seat, it's going to cost you $100 US to get a decent one-day ticket into Yankee Stadium. And then the food, and if, by gosh, if you have a few beers, yeah, you know, they're, they're comparable easily in the tickets around those. I, I just can't believe what people pay to sit down in, next to the, the field. It's, it's in the hundreds, but... Just even when I took Ben, just the two of us, it would cost us five hundred dollars for the day. Yeah, yeah, That's and it's 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 all relative, isn't it? It's it's what 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 do you want to spend your money on? Disney always used to be a once in a lifetime experience for most people, and when I have people coming to me 
you know the travel side of things and say david we'd, we'd like to go to disney but we need to keep it cheap i tend to mm -hmm. say this isn't going to be a very long conversation because you're not going to be able to do it cheap and i wouldn't want you to because you're going to be nickel and diming everything yes there are ways you can cut money eat kids meals for it. i never eat an adult meal in disney never because a kid's meal is always big enough. So there are ways to cut your spending, but you can't do it cheap. People have to go understanding what the cost is, but it is still value for money. Incredibly, when we went this this year in January, February, apart from I got Kurt to pay for some of my food, which was quite good. Um, but apart from that, we didn't spend the money because the dollar to the pound exchange is terrible. And it, it was better then than it is now. So you yep. look at things and you think, do I really need that? And in some ways, that made it more economical. And this is a weird way of looking at it. But because I looked at stuff and I went, oh, dear, that's going to cost me this much more. I'm not buying it. We spent less for four of us on food this time than I did paying for the dining plan in 2019. Because we looked at it and went, oh, dear, we'll just have a quick service. We'll do this. I did two sit-down meals. And both of them were with Kurt. Kurt paid for one. I had to pay for the other one, which was a bit of a shame. But that's the only the only sit down meals we did. But like I say, if if you look at it from that point of view, you you're buying really what you want to buy, as opposed to spending money because oh, I'm getting two dollars the pound. So I'll buy six pairs of trainers. I got a box of trainers in my wardrobe. Sorry, sneakers, Kurt, in my wardrobe mm. from 2012. Yeah, I've never worn because I bought six. I didn't know I was going to need an interpreter for this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's that language difference. I love it. But it is it is interesting if you look at it that way, because you buy really, it is expensive, but then you're going to buy really what you want, not frivolously spending your money. You're looking to get value. So you're not going to, so you're I'll not going to buy everything like we used to do when we came over. Do you remember that day? Yeah, in the $2 to spirit. The the spirit of saving money, we compared, I remember we were at the G3, we compared bills after the Steakhouse 71, having a couple of drinks back at the Pop Century. And I did not have any drinks at Steakhouse 71. I think I saved, you know, their, their bill was over a hundred dollars and mine was under a hundred dollars because of the alcohol. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it makes a big <laughs> difference. And for me, it's it's about knowledge. It's about knowing what things are going to cost. So if you go over and you're going to have a kid's meal, a child's meal, it's going to cost you seven or eight pounds. An adult's meal will cost you twice that. Have a kid's meal, it's enough, and you can do that as an adult. Alcohol's really expensive. Don't buy all the sparkly things in the parks. Hop to a Walmart before you go into the park and take them in with you. You know, there's there's ways that you can spend sensibly. And I always say to people that, that I book travel for, spend sensibly, and then you can treat yourself to those things in the park. And they become the one-off treat. And you won't fall off your chair when you buy an ice cream from Main Street because it's so crazy expensive. It's because you save money elsewhere. Spend sensibly is the answer. But know what you're letting yourself in for. And know that it's Again, no different to here. If you go to Thought Park, one of our theme parks, it's going to cost you £12, £15 for a burger and fries. That's theme park pricing. It's no different whether it's here or in America, but you just need to know what you're letting yourself in for. I paid £15 for a curry in a motorcycle race two weekends ago. It's yeah. like £5, yeah. It's coming up to, uh, in New England here where I live, they have country fairs and they're starting out in the fall. And you'd be shocked going to a country fair these days, what the cost to get in and what the food and 
I mean, you take your kids and a family, you're going to be like, wow, I didn't expect yeah. to spend that kind of money. <laughs> exactly. But it, it, it's just just know what it know what you let yourself in for. When people say, you know, how much shall I budget for food? Depends on what you want to eat. It, it's it's um, working out. And also when you're on holiday, you're not spending the money that you spend at home for food. And a lot of people forget about that. Yeah, They forget that they actually spend £200 a week on food at home. So spending £200 a week on holiday or £300 a week is only an extra £100. So it ultimately, we... We, we, I, I bash Disney for Genie. I bash Disney for the prices going up. I bash Disney because it's too full, but actually Park Pass is helping that. I bash Park Pass, but I still go and I still love it. So maybe I'm just a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I advise people do is, Bessie Brick, get a get a grocery delivery in. It, it, it's so easy to do. Maybe get a grocery in. Don't have the hire car this time. Look at the price of hire cars. That just scares the living daylights out of me. Well, it costs more to hire a car in America for those two weeks I come or three weeks I come than it does for me to run my two cars for a year. I, tell you, I, was, I was surprised and I, I don't use Lyft or Uber at home here. I don't have a need for it. But on G3, when I left, it cost me, I think, $30 to get to the airport. Now, I can remember 20 years ago paying $50 to get transport. So that was one thing that's and it will cost you it cost us from the uk what three four hundred pound at least for a hire car won't it for the fortnight more than that kev um yeah. so my for my three weeks in october and bearing in mind i have a whole load of supplies that i can get to the best price i can get is a thousand pounds for three weeks Ooh, so that's what twelve hundred dollars now twelve hundred dollars that, that's a lot of ubers. The best price yeah that's a lot of ubers and a lot of food delivery in it definitely definitely is something is something worth considering I, I like the flexibility of it and don't forget as well you also get slammed for parking you park in any hotel even disney ones they're going to charge you 13 to 15 dollars a day to park in the hotels if you park on off-site ones i've seen some that are 25 dollars a day to park so that all adds up so again a lot of the time I help people decide whether they really do need a car. For me, I like the flexibility. And for that extra sort of 30, 40 quid a day, I'd rather have that. Yeah, it's it, again, it's it's where you spend your money, isn't each it? To their own. Yeah, each to their own. And because I'm spending my time just usually in Disney, and I did do Universal this time, I didn't bother with a car and I'd save the money. So, yep. yeah. I think a car is definitely somewhere where you can shave off a, a certain amount of money. I know a lot of people are sticking in the mud. I've got to have a car. I love driving on the wrong side of the road. I love being able to un undertake everybody on the freeways and all that, all that great American driving stuff. You know, I, I love not, not having to change gear because, you know, they're all automatic. We have automatics here as well, Kev. I know uh, on the Isle of Wight, your, your horses have only got two speeds, stop and go. You get but here you... on the rest of the UK, we've got automatics as well. You get pointed at when you drive past somebody on the island. What's up with you? I wouldn't call driving around Orlando to be the best experience yeah. in the driving world. No, it's, I think they. I've heard one time it's got the most accidents per capita in the in the world. So that's that's because of all us Brits coming, <laughs> picking up our hire cars and driving on the wrong side of the road the first time we see anything. Yeah, well, I had a, a, the first time I went to America, I had a car on the wrong side of the road when I was driving, and obviously being a Brit, I thought I was on the wrong side of the road, and in actual yeah. fact, it was the other car. Uh, I, I, I must admit, I did that very early on. Came down. 
down a junction onto a onto a road and went onto the wrong came went onto the wrong side of the road. Luckily, there was no central reservation, no median barrier, so I was able to go across and just avoided a Disney bus. Otherwise, Pluto would have hit me that day, which would have been very embarrassing and dangerous. That would hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, should we wind it up there? I think we're we we go on all night. Otherwise, I think so. All all day, all morning. Day. Yeah, sorry, all morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Kurt. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good to chat to you oh, later Thanks on. Thanks so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I didn't expect to be doing well, let's, Disney World podcasting this morning. Let's get let's, let's get you planning your Paris trip. But obviously, if you're coming over, you've got to do Paris. You've got to do London. And I suppose you'll want to go up to Liverpool to see where those four guys that used to sing live. Little's time. Yeah. Got to do it. <laughs> got to do it. Love so it. thank you. I'll join you for the London bit, but you know I'm not coming to Paris. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice and subscribe. You can contact the show at bgt.dvc at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. At Twitter and Instagram, we are bgtdvc, again, all lowercase. On Facebook, we are Brit's Guide to Disney Vacation Club. If you're looking to buy resale DVC points or rent DVC points out, contact B. Thaxton at shopdvc.com. This has been a Isle of Wight audio production. Hey all, David here. I'm one of the co-hosts of That Florida Podcast with an exciting update for you. I created Disney for Brits to help any Florida or Disney-loving fan make the most out of everything Disney. I started with the Disney for Brits YouTube channel and filled it with hints and tips to make your holiday magical. Then I became a Disney and Universal qualified travel agent to help you find the best holiday at the right price. And as I'm a learning machine, I've also trained with the world's greatest cruise lines, hotel chains and much more from Virgin to MSC, Cunard to Hilton. So don't spend hours looking, comparing and searching for the very best holiday. Let me do all the hard work for you. Find me on Facebook and Insta at d for b travel That's the letter D, the number four, the letter B, travel. All you non-Disney fans, and I know you exist, haven't been left out. Check out Ollie Travels, where my fox red cockapoo curates all the best non-Disney holidays out there. From cruises to all-inclusive, family value holidays to the most luxury holidays you can find. He finds them all. Check him out on Instagram and Facebook at Ollie Travels. Find out more about everything I do to help you at www.disneyforbrits.com. That's Disney, D-I-S-N-E-Y, the number four, Brits.com. If you're a fan of Disney pins and magical merchandise, check out Pin Imagineers. It's a haven for pin collectors and enthusiasts with bucket loads of information, regular sales, ops and giveaways. And you're joining one of the quickest growing pin communities in the UK. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at pin-imagineers. Look forward to seeing you again on another podcast and can't wait to help you on any of my channels. As our pal Mickey says... I'll see you real soon.